You are listening to the Glass Cannon Network, the premier source for role-playing game entertainment. Welcome to Cannon Fodder, a behind-the-scenes look at the Glass Cannon Network. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to Cannon Fodder. It is Wednesday, May 3rd, 2023, and it's me, your good buddy, Joe O'Brien. And I'm Troy. I didn't have the Discord open, so I couldn't hear the music. LaValley. You weren't prepared for the show open with the music in the background. You were just sitting there in silence like a weirdo? Yeah, it did. I couldn't get in the zone because I couldn't hear it, and then you were just like, yeah! I'm like... <laughs> Oh, the music, the music. I forgot. Discord. <laughs> I mean, that music is, is essential for me to get in the zone, to get the to get pumped to start out another week of the FOD. Big week this week. Lots of mm. announcements coming in this FOD. Mm. This is going to be a juicy one. I wouldn't call mm. them official announcements filled with like things like, quote unquote, release dates or anything like that. <laughs> but what you will hear is uh, what we're working on. Lots to work on this week. I look at my recording calendar for this week and I'm just going cross-eyed uh, with the amount of characters I have to play and the things I have to prepare. <laughs> it, is a, it is a very exciting, exciting week and we want to let you guys in on what we're working on. Anybody who's listening to the FOD is going to know a lot more about what's going on behind the scenes here than the people that skip the FOD. <laughs> well, we were saying before we went live, I was like, man, I, I thought I had a bad week. And I was like, oh, actually, you have a horrible week. You, you're the recording worst week of every anyone single in the network. day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but it is each individual thing is awesome. It's just that when you add them all together, it's like, blah, you kind of go cross-eyed with the amount that you have to prepare. But we're, we're going to talk about all of it today. We're mm, going to talk mm. about all of it. I'll uh, give you guys a little bit of insight into everything that's going on, uh, including a new podcast feed for you to check out, and we'll do an update on tickets and such for the for the live tour. Uh, but let's kick it off with, to me, with with what is to me uh, the biggest news, the thing that's weighing on me the most, taking most of my mental energy, and I think very exciting for the Nation. This week marks the beginning of the recording of the next season of Get in the Trunk. Mm, we're getting back. We're getting back in that old trunk. We're getting back in that old trunk. We moved Francis from Hawaii to New York. <laughs> He's getting set up, and he should be ready to go this week. Is he going to be recording from the studio? He's going to be recording from his home, from his apartment. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah, he right. will be recording from his apartment, but he's squared away and good to go. Uh, I do wonder if one day we should have him recording from the office, just because the background would look amazing. But uh, <laughs> it's true. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, big news there. Uh, obviously, we can't say too too much, but we just want to let you know that season five is underway. For those of you that have not listened to Get in the Trunk, uh, it is freely available. You can hear the first season at least uh, on the Get in the Trunk podcast feed. Uh, wherever you uh, find your podcasts, just search Get in the Trunk. The uh, the further seasons of the show, season two, three, and four. Oh, my God. I just remembered that I owe you something. I owe you. Like, we you need do. to put an That's audio right. bit on, on Get in the Trunk to tell people where to go find the rest of it. I completely forgot about that. I think Crap. I emailed you that at, like, five in the morning when I was at the airport. You did. I received <laughs> it on the flight to Colorado and was like, well, I'm not recording it there. So, I'll do this when I get back. And then completely forgot, of course. So Pretty yes. sure I said immediately. <laughs> season one you can get right now for free uh and your favorite podcast mm -hmm. app the following seasons are available on uh on patreon audio only if you want to listen to season four which really is the start of this impossible landscapes campaign that we're continuing now you can go watch that on youtube even if you're not a patreon subscriber mm -hmm. that is available on youtube all 17 episodes 18, 18 episodes 18 yeah. 18 episodes of season four where we kick off the impossible landscapes campaign and it is in my opinion the best season of delta green that we have done yet and you can start there if you want you don't have to have heard all the previous seasons though it does help. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. We get back in there this Friday. So I'm very excited. Yeah. And the plan is if, you know, that free, freely available feed uh, has season one on it. By the time we start releasing season five, I'm going to put season two up on that feed as well. So, you know, the, the, the impetus is subscribe to the Patreon. You can listen, you can catch up way in advance. Otherwise, you're going to have to wait, uh, you know, a year until season three is on that free feed. And, and whatnot when season six comes out. That that's the plan right now, at least. We'll see. As to when it releases, 
Shut up. Stop asking. We're not <laughs> telling you. Leave me alone. Leave me Get alone. Get off my lawn. <laughs> we are eager, just as eager as you to release it, I assure you. Uh, part of that is because we are – we have a production schedule that we're trying to hit this year that fits uh, all of the shows that we want to do into a nice consumable time frame so that when one show ends, another show begins and there's no there's no gaps to this fun additional uh, seasonal content. You know, uh, So in order for us to stay on schedule, it has to release as soon as possible. So believe me, we are – are doing our best to do it as fast as possible. Uh, when we have a specific date, we'll let you know. But it'll it'll be in the summer, sometime in the summer. Yeah, um, it'll, it'll be barbecue up. weather. I think. Yeah, <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be good barbecue weather. Maybe the kids will be getting ready for trick or treat. <laughs> you can still barbecue in October. You never know. You never know. Uh, but the the point is, we're getting in there and we're we're getting it started, which is which is the most important part. Um, what else do we have this week? Okay, so today, literally the day that this is dropping, we are recording something that you and I have never played together before. Uh, we're playing, we're doing a Friends of the Pod. We yeah. haven't done one of these in a while. We did one with Seth Gorkowski, and it was wonderful when we did Modern Cthulhu. We did another Friends of the Pod with Paizo when we did the beginner box for them as sort of a, hey, here's an intro to the system and you can try it out. We did that with uh, myself, Skid, Paula Deming, and Mary Lou. That was really fun. You that was ran just it. a PFS. That wasn't the beginner box. It was like a. PFS. Oh, oh, that's what we were going to do the beginner box, but then I had played the beginner box. And yeah. We were like, yeah, you know what? Let's pivot to the PFS. inheritor's right was the scenario. That's right. That's right. Uh, I forgot that. So yeah, but it was the idea was it's a beginner look at Pathfinder. It was level one, I think. And so, yeah, and yeah. it was through that well, during all that uh, you know OSR drama, OSR OGL o- OGL ORC <laughs> yeah, OGL drama, yeah. So that was really fun. And now we have the next installment coming. And our friends of the pod this time around are going to be Chaosium. Chaosium themselves, uh, uh, one of their, uh, I think, sales and marketing director is Brian Holland. He is going to come here to the Glass Cannon Network and run us through RuneQuest. All the way from Australia. He's All coming. the way from Australia. No, he's, <laughs> he's going to be in Australia. But he will be uh, GMing us through a brief run, a three-episode run of RuneQuest uh, role-playing in Glorantha. So we'll get a dig, dig a little deeper into that system. We played it during uh, New Game Who Dis back in 2021, right? Yeah. Yeah. Back in 2021. Was, I ran, ran Matthew, ran Nora, Tanya DePass, and Connie Chang through a three-app thing. We built characters, and then we did an introductory scenario. Um and, uh, you know, there's a lot to really like about this system. It's a very unique system. Um, and now we've got these two new books that we're going to be uh, focusing on, the cults of RuneQuest, the Lightbringers, and the Earth Goddesses. So I know that's what Brian was like. Start looking at the cults, because the first episode is going to be us just building characters, and we want to start experimenting with these new cults. Beautiful, beautiful books, like everything they put out. It really is. I, I've been digging into it myself, and the details on the cult pages are amazing because if you go into, say, uh, if you're looking at 1E, it's Faiths of Galarian. If you're looking at 2E, it is the Lost Omens uh, – what is it? De- uh, Deities of the Lost Omens? I can't – oh, Gods and Magic. Lost yeah. Omens, Gods and Magic. Those uh, the details about not only the deities and their mythology, but also the, uh, the 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 churches, right? Like how they are constructed, what the priests are like, how they organize the religion, all that kind of stuff. Like those details are important to to play a good cleric. Well, in these books, the detail is staggering. Each cult has like twelve to fourteen freaking pages of like their organization and how widespread they are and how they uh, how you rank up and how you do all this different stuff and and the different splinter factions within the cult like it's really detailed and there's I want to say 19 new cults like to, to add into the mix. It's wild. It's wild. So we're, we're all going to pick some cults and, and try it out. These books release at Gen Con this year. Um, I don't think they're out yet. They, they release at Gen Con. So we're, we're hopping in to record this now. And again, we don't have a release date. I think it's going to air in July. I think it's going to air like leading right up to Gen Con. But that's something that we're going to work with our friends of the pod, Chaosium, on uh, to determine when we're going to drop it. But Do you have a favorite uh, cult? Uh, off the top of my head, I don't remember the name like of Branch, it. Right Branch Davidians? Is that what you were going to say? Oh, you mean in real life? In real life. Yeah, real life cults. <laughs> I just finished the Waco documentary. 
uh, Netflix, and it was really good. Did like, you watch the the one with uh, Taylor Kitsch and uh, no. what's his name? The dramatization. I thought it was great. Uh, it, a lot of people didn't like it because it seemed like it glorified David Koresh a little bit, but I think it's just because Taylor Kitsch is so uh, – I'm probably mispronouncing his name – so charming. Uh, but it was an interesting take uh, at uh, at the story. I don't know how true it was, but uh, I don't know. Brash and is a pretty good cult. Nixium. Sort of a new one. Um, what's the one with the Hail Bop comet? They had a cool name. Do you remember Hail Bop? <laughs> I do remember Hail Bop. I don't remember. Uh, oh, the they name. had a great fucking name uh, as far as cults go. God. I, so I used to work at Kim's Video up near Columbia. And uh, if, if you live in New York or if you spend any time here for, you know, there was a video, indie video chain for a while where they would have they would have the main releases. But like you go into Blockbuster and uh, fucking uh, Armageddon comes out. There's 90 copies of Armageddon on the shelf to make sure that everybody wants to get it. Get it. If you go into Kim's video, there might be two. And so you're not going there for Armageddon. Uh, and if you are, you're probably shit out of luck because there's only two copies. But then you go downstairs and there's just like real crazy indie stuff that you can rent. <laughs> And you can sometimes it's like on a VHS that somebody taped from something. And this dude I worked with, he was a real, real drug addict. And uh, great, no, this is a, a guy that <laughs> it was a great guy. He's just had some problems. And uh, when if you work the downstairs thing, a lot of your job was just answering questions for people down there and uh, restocking movies as they were coming back in. Uh, that was pretty much it was a great shift because you didn't have to deal with the customers really other than answer their questions because uh, the customers are fucking awful at video stores and everywhere. Um, but you would put a movie on down there to watch while you were down there. So that was great. If you didn't have a lot of work to do, you could just sit there and watch movies. And one movie he would consistently put on late on Friday nights was this like, it was the video, the like recruitment video for the, this hip hop comet, uh, cult. Heaven's Gate. Heaven's Gate. That's right. Uh, yeah, it was like the Heaven's Gate recruitment video with that weird dude. And remember they all neutered themselves. All the men had to get neutered. And then it was just mass suicide. Yeah, it 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 is it's <laughs> it is wild. Uh, getting back to fantasy, uh, the, the I want to I want to do a RPG. It's like about real cults. That's what I'm doing. Let's talk about this. <laughs> it's so disturbing. Stop distracting uh, me. <laughs> uh, yeah, it is. It's very scary. It's it's very scary. Uh, and these are not all. Um, I think cult automatically sort of implies uh, something like Heaven's Gate or Nixium, right? Um, yeah. Uh, sort of this mind-controlling kind of uh, disturbing, um, I don't know, groupthink kind of thing. But uh, the, these books uh, portray cults. There, there are some that are definitely like that, the more evil cults for sure. But then there's plenty of um, – there's plenty of interesting ones that you would just consider in the same way that you would consider, you know, uh, re- religions in, in Pathfinder, uh, regular faiths in Pathfinder. And, you know, they, they're, you know, out, out there and organized and very large and everything. And so anyway, a lot of interesting options. Uh, we'll, we'll get it, more into it as we actually play that game. What else do we have, uh, on the, on the docket for this week? Degenerate Dungeon. We got Degenerate Dungeon live tonight, 10 o'clock Eastern time on twitch.tv slash GCN employee lounge. That was yeah. so much fun Sports last week. Is your thing. It was. It was really fun last week. We did two hours uh, just talking about the NFL draft. It was really fun um, uh, to put a couple bets in. But, uh, yeah, primarily it was just talking about draft memories and and the drama of the draft. Everything was really fun. And so that'll be live every Wednesday night, 10 o'clock Eastern, followed by a podcast the next day, which reminds us, if you want to help us out with that, we know that the vast majority of you listening to this are not sports fans, which is totally cool. But if you want to help us out and go over to Apple Podcasts and just rate Degenerate Dungeon, uh, give us a rating on that and uh, and help us get some um, traction on the pod. That would be awesome. A little five-star um, John. A little five star John without even listening to it, you know. If you don't, if you don't care about actually, uh, of you know, your word meaning anything important, <laughs> yeah, you don't have to write a review. But a little five star John helps. Uh, I feel like John to- if you want to write the review, you should listen, and then if you're going to say something nice, write a review. <laughs> If you don't want to listen, don't leave a room, but give us a five-star John just to help out the, uh, you know, the, the, the show. What is the story with – yeah, that's the thing is like just help us out with the show because 
whether the rating is five stars or not, and, and please just try to make it five stars if you can, it is <laughs> the more ratings you get is what triggers the the algorithm to just dump it in more people's inboxes that like uh, sports. And so, you know, they can they can find their way our way. And, and this is why it helps us, right? Because like 95% of the people listening, and I'm probably not even saying it enough, 98% of the people listening don't give a shit about this. And uh, that's fine. But what we're one of the things we're trying to do with this experiment is like see if we can – trickle people in to the network through sports and vice versa, you know, build a, you build this little sports thing out. And so it really helps us to get more people to find it. And one of the ways to do that is these reviews, because then it pops up the Apple charts. Uh, Cause you know, app, uh, podcast connect is still the number one uh, way people find things. And so, you know, it, it could, it could help grow the nation, but it's also Absolutely. just like, a Absolutely. I project. think, I think that there's a lot of people out there. I think most people out there probably presume that there is this huge barrier between fans of tabletop RPGs and fans of sports and that they don't really cross over and that we are a rare exception. While that may be factually true right now, we're on a mission to stop that because it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> if you play tabletop RPGs, primarily if you are thrilled at tactical combat and the random results of the die and where that turns the story in one way or another, guess what? That's sports. That is be, that's called being a sports fan. If you, if you don't like that, just watch scripted fiction. You know what I mean? Like that, that's the thing there's, and I love my scripted fiction, but I can see such an easy crossover between these two things. We have tons of niche fans that are sports fans. And I think that if we had some more sports fans learn how fun RPGs are to play, to be involved in that kind of uh, a thrilling dramatic story where you and no one there really knows where it's going to end up. That is what it's like for me to watch sports, which is why I love sports stories. They're just, they're amazing. So uh, anyway, I think that it is more, more likely than not. Uh, sorry, that's, that's not worded right. I think it's more likely than a lot of people <laughs> think that we can convert some sports fans uh, into tabletop RPG fans and keep growing this tabletop community beyond the kind of niche niche that it is right now and continue to make it more mainstream uh, to people who had not tried it yet. Um, yeah, it's just a fun show for us to do because it's like no pressure. We just show up and hang out with our buddies and talk. So if you like Bant, it's, it's, it's pretty much all Bant. It's pretty much all. It's pretty much all Bant. Um, <laughs> all right. So what else do we have? Oh, let's get a quick update on uh, the, the tour because next we have St. Paul and Asheville. And we are literally down to under five like VIPs available for those shows, right? So if people want to if people want to come VIP to those shows, you got to you got to order it today. Let me like look at my ticket right counter here. There's one VIP ticket left in Asheville. Literally there's one. There's one one left in Asheville. <laughs> uh, now, there's plenty of general admission, and we keep pushing, like, come on out to that if you can. Um, we're still, we're over half sold, which is great. Uh, new market, you know, we're not expecting a sellout, but we're always hoping for it. Uh, but it's great to have those VIP sellouts. So there's one more left for VIP, and then it looks like St. Paul, there's three more VIPs left. And then that show itself... Um, yeah, not a lot of tickets left, not a lot of tickets. And we sold that out last time. So St. Paul, if you want us to come back in 2024, sorry, we're going to need another sellout. <laughs> well, we're getting close. They can make it happen. They got, they got weeks. We they got time. We got time. Left. Yeah. Stop got, waiting though. Stop waiting. Stop waiting. Uh, we, we got plenty of time and I'm, I'm excited to get out there. Also this week, uh, tomorrow, Thursday, you and I are playing again. This time we're playing the <laughs> Star Wars RPG oh because it is May the 4th, my good buddy, and it is time to return to our Star Wars. Uh, what I realized, I hadn't thought about it in a couple years, is the beginner box. Like that, that That's what we're playing. It's the beginner adventure. And for those that don't know, I might have mentioned it last week in this context, but we're just continuing that adventure. <laughs> Uh, so we're hopping right back in. I don't remember anything about my character. <laughs> like it's going to be pretty raw, yeah, so, but it's going to uh, be really fun to, uh, get Matthew back, uh, uh, on the con, as you said, when you sent the email, <laughs> Matthew, you have the con, uh, to get us started on some more star Wars. Are you, are you looking forward to playing the game again itself? It felt like a really good idea when I said, Hey, Matthew, how about for star Wars day? We do a fuck guys get a last hours. And then this week happened. It's just like, ah! <laughs> uh, but you know, the good thing about labs is it's pretty, it's pretty 
uh, low key. You know, that's why we're not releasing it afterwards because we're not like trying to really crush it. We're just going in there and playing and uh, practicing with new new chemistries and new games. And uh, so I downloaded the old uh, New Game Who Dis episodes. Episode it was New Game Who Dis five, six, seven, and eight. And I've started listening to them again just to remember like how the game worked a little bit and what my character sounded like, uh, and also a little bit of that mission. Uh, but mainly, I wanted to make sure I knew what my character sounded like. Uh, he's a Mon Calamari. Uh, I still don't know what class he is. But anyways, uh, think about that, dude. New Game Who Dis 5, 6, 7, 8. That's about uh, less than two months into the pandemic. Yeah. It's crazy to go back mm-hmm. and listen to that. So if you're a, a Patreon subscriber, it's the only way you can listen to those uh, episodes. They only exist uh, in audio form on the Patreon. I think you have to be a $10 subscriber uh, to listen to that. So if you listen to Blood of the Wild, you can go back and find 5678 and get caught up for this. And uh, we're going to have Rob play with us, which is fun too. I just, I love playing with Rob. We get to hang out and spend so much time with him in Boulder. Uh, and Rob has now booked tickets and a hotel uh, to Gen Con. So he's going to be hanging with us in Gen Con. <laughs> he was like, so how, how do I get a hotel? I was like, oh man, you got 45 minutes. Let me explain how this works. And then he finally checks me back. He's like, well, I got a comfort in that I think is in Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, that's so great. Can't go wrong with more Rob Kirkovich. It's going to be great to play with him on Thursday. And uh, yeah, get back into it. It's, you know, I don't remember anything about my character. And I remember Skid's character because his character was amazing. Oh, dude, he's killing me. He's, he's like, <laughs> he's so on uh, as the uh, Percolate, um, the yep. former coffee machine droid turned yep. battle droid or battle droid that was like enslaved as a coffee machine. CL8, I think it's for short, CL8. Right? I mean, so, so funny. It's like, it used to be cold brew that flowed through my veins. <laughs> I forgot there was like a maintenance droid that we think is going to attack us and he pulls out a mop and it's just like we're trying to figure he's got a restraining bolt on him and we're trying to decide what to do and like it's actually you that convinces him to join the Rebel Alliance but there's this whole thing where Skid tries to like free him from robot droid enslavement it's really really funny uh, <laughs> definitely worth a, a re-listen definitely worth the re-listen i'll try to dude i'll try to but i really don't think it's going to happen because i'll tell you uh to be honest with you i'm in the thick of re-listening to season four of getting the trunk um wow. not not wall to wall but i am listening wall to wall fully to about the last five episodes of the season uh because there's so many details in there that i want to make sure that I, we're remembering as we roll into season five so anyway well, we got to talk after fodder because like you know we're gonna record on friday and i asked you yesterday the month or a couple days ago in the meeting, I was like, are we still doing getting the trunk? It's like, I haven't received an email from you yet. And you're like, oh, I've talked to everybody else, but I don't want to bother you because you're busy. I'm like, well, if I'm not, if I'm not ready, we can't record. Um, I find that so, Roger works best with the least amount of prep. It's it's true, right? But like then I'm thinking about, well, I, I know that there's, I'm going to have to have to prep something or start thinking about something. And yeah. so you and I haven't talked yet. We should talk after this, even though we've got a meeting. But it came to me yesterday, an idea of what Roger's been up to and I, I mean, I think it's, it's pretty, uh, not, not surprisingly, pretty fucking wild and very, very dark. Oh, dear. Uh, so we should, we should chat about it. All right, great. Well, then let's, let's, uh, let's get cooking here. We, we are stupid. Are we? Is empty today. Empty. Wow. Uh, episode 74 of the glass of, uh, of, of, I was going to say glass kind of podcast of Strange Aeons is, um, uh, largely puzzle based, really. Most of the episode is trying to figure out the way into the prison using, uh, you know, all our abilities to kind of get in there. Are you a big puzzle guy? You were fired up. You were like, I could do this all night. Do you enjoy puzzles? puzzles? Oh, uh, are we talking about jigsaw puzzles or just all kinds of puzzles? No, puzzles like problem solving puzzles, you know, in games. It could be in video games or in tabletop RPGs. But when you're faced with like, there are three levers and there's a blah, blah, blah in the other room. Like, how do you get into the room or how do you escape the room? Do you enjoy uh, that in your tabletop RPGs? So, so much. I really do. I wish there was more of it. Now, I don't like when it's just kind of like random where you have no way of knowing, uh, like, which, do I just pull the first lever and see what happens? Uh, I like that if there's a way to try and discern it that's not readily understandable, but you can figure it out. You know, when I was playing Skyrim again, that happens pretty early on. You have this like golden claw, you've got a stick in the wall, and then turn things to match up, and you're like, ha. 
I don't know. So then you look at the claw and you notice and there are three symbols three on things, the claw yeah. and the, and nothing tells you that. Maybe if you read the script and I'm like, oh God, if this brings me back, I love shit like that. And you don't see it a lot in RPGs. Um, but I enjoy it. I think that's why I th- we would have loved Mummy's Mask because I imagine Mummy's Mask is just a ton of like, I'm probably totally wrong, but hieroglyphs and stuff that are just puzzles. You got to move blocks. So like open <laughs> secret door, right, rock right, wall right. doors. Yeah, I like um, it. Yeah, no, I would I would say uh, I hate it, and I'm so glad we didn't play Mummy's Mask. You can tell from the episode that I am so checked out, and it's not that I don't want to play. It's that I don't have any ideas, and I can never problem-solve puzzles. I'm just not good at it. So I just sit there, and everyone is talking about all the different things that we can do, and I'm just, like, going cross-eyed. I'm like, can we just get into the prison, please, and continue the story? Like, uh, I find puzzles to be the worst, but I, I know that people love them. People love them. I just – I want to fight every Every, every episode, I just want to fight a combat. Uh, <laughs> unless the combat's too hard. You, well, you know, the same thing happens, exactly, unless the combat's too hard. Like a nice, easy <laughs> combat with no risk and all reward. What I do, uh, I also get really frustrated with combats that are puzzles. I'll usually look at them in, in retrospect and be like, that was awesome. But in the moment when you're like, yeah, you, you hit it, but it doesn't do any damage. You do this and it, it doesn't do anything. And you realize you have to like open some valve to like knock the boss uh, down a, a shoot or, you know, whatever, open something to or, or, or uh, shut down some, uh, you know, machine to stop their defenses, whatever that, that's in the corner of the room. Like people love problem solving those. And it's it's not that I hate it as much as uh, I'm just so not good at it that I have no interest. Have we. Let me just see. Yeah, I think it's come out. It was the show, the the show that we did uh, in Boulder. You did Cone of Cold on the yeah. Moon Beast. Yes. And he was immune to cold. Correct. And I saw someone say, like, he should have used a knowledge check first to make sure if you're going to burn a spell like that, it only costs you two actions. Use the knowledge check as your first action. Is it immune to cold? So you don't waste that spell. I had uh, but to- I th- did you I have had to, to run into the room. You had to run into the room. I yeah. was on the stairwell behind the back. But believe me, I thought about the knowledge check. But uh, here's what I thought. If I move in there, I, I pre-think of all this stuff. I, know I you am do. tactically <laughs> better than every person on this podcast, except maybe Matthew. If I run into that room uh, and then do a knowledge check, by the time it comes back to my turn again, which will be... In 45 minutes. <laughs> You'll be possessed, dominated, asleep. Exactly. And if not that, if not that, and this is what I was really thinking, most of my allies will be at or near the creature and the cone of cold will no longer be available to me because I'll be blasting my allies. Yeah, so it was a high, high risk, high reward. Exactly. And, and uh, I didn't mind that much. I, you know, I was just like, I knew it was a possibility and I knew it was a risk and I, I rolled the dice. Um, and, it, you know, hey, it's an expensive way to find something out, but yeah. we found it out. It's fun. And, uh, right. and if it hey. went the other way, it could have been great. <laughs> hey, everybody. It's uh, it's immune to cold. Hey, what you use, Ray of Frost? We're Shut up. Time to start negotiating. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's that's the point that you get to. Um, yeah, speaking of We Are Stupid, uh, Eric wrote in and said that he uh, he didn't have anything to, to add for this week uh, because, obviously, there was no combat and, and all of our exploration activities were, were pretty much by the book. Um, Is he but calling he, us perfect? Did we pitch a perfect us, yeah. game? He's like, I guess you don't need me anymore. <laughs> then he, I guess he you waved don't need me anymore. And started to fade away as he said that. So in lieu of filler, oh. I think uh, I'm going to put you on the spot the way you put me on the spot about a month ago. And... Uh, just going to say that uh, word on the street is that <laughs> a bit of a flare up on the boards uh, after last week's fodder, which doesn't surprise me at all, uh, since you were in rare form and lashing out <laughs> at everyone around you, uh, uh, trying to hurt those you love. And, and there was uh, there was a lot of uh, I don't know. I, I hear the, these things, uh, a lot of negative energy on the boards directed at you specifically, personally, uh, lots of attacks, personal of attacks, attacks uh, based on your uh, rant, your GM rant last week. Do you have I want to give you an opportunity to to respond. Oh, to this. Man. Do you have any thoughts? Uh, I do. I do. And I, I think that the talk about a rant, I think I, I, all I can do is rant back because I, you know, I still read all this stuff. It's getting less so just because I'm really busy. And now with three kids, I'm really busy in a new way and I'm not getting enough sleep. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's hard to even think straight. Um, or let alone like, let me see what people thought of episode 71 of a show I made. Um, 
but it's interesting, right? Cause we'll have, we'll post, we have so many great shows and we'll post, you know, there'll be a post about one of our ancillary shows goes up and you'll see like what, 12, 15 comments. And then cannon fodder has a hundred comments and five separate threads calling me a douche. Uh, <laughs> so it's just like, and there's power in that, right? But I'd like that power to be used to, you know, to grow and not just to, to flame. Um, you know, that what it was PT Barnum is like, there's no such thing as bad press. And I, I do believe that, but like also, I don't want people to get the wrong impression. Listen, I think that the overwhelming majority of people who consume our products understand that there's, there's a reality behind all of which we do that is like either painted over or couched within a, a performance, right? A mummer's farce, if you will. Even on Canafon, even on a talkback show uh, like this, there's this consistent ele- element of reality and performance kind of blurring and mingling together. And one of my favorite things about what we do, about what we've created over the past seven or eight years, I always forget how many, is that people who listen to us, either they've listened from the beginning or, or joined any step along the way, they're able to watch unfold in real time, our journey from recording a single podcast in a tiny little apartment. Actually, your apartment was pretty good size for a New York apartment, but I was really happy with that apartment. It was a good apartment. And you kept it very clean. So I can't say like a shitty, dirty apartment. It was actually a very nice apartment. But <laughs> it was hot. You didn't you didn't buy an AC. The kitchen was newly renovated. You didn't have glass cannon money to buy an AC at that time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but, there there was no air conditioning, <laughs> but other than that. It's very hot. Skip got very angry. Uh, <laughs> but they're able to watch us take this journey from from recording one podcast in a tiny little apartment to our moderately successful and growing startup that we are now. And so giving our fans this gritty behind the scenes look at that process has always been very important to me because I know before glass cannon, I spent so many years like I knew exactly what I wanted to do, but I didn't have any idea how to get there, how to get from a to B, let alone a to Z. I just couldn't fathom how people got to where they were. I would, I would, I would find someone who had like my job. I would research their journey. And then somewhere along the way, I just felt like there was this jump in time where they had my dream job and I couldn't see it. There was no, there would, I just, there was no roadmap from like a dirt poor actor to a wildly successful auteur. Now everyone's journey is going to be different. Everyone's road. You are now. Which, right, well, now that I'm a wildly, wildly successful, auteur, successful is the term I would just use. batting HBO and Showtime <laughs> off with a stick uh, to create the next big series. Um, but the point was, I, everyone has a different roadmap, right? And I think it's really fucking cool that we can be honest about what our journey is. At least, because I think that gives people hope because we didn't have rich parents or Hollywood connections. You and I certainly didn't. We're the the fucking American dream. You know, hard work, grit, determination. That's what got us there. These are things that are almost looked down upon nowadays. Um, Hustle culture is is frowned upon and whatever. That's 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 beside the point. But we also live in a world, right, that just I feel like it feeds us bullshit and lies at every turn. You know, I don't watch the news, but whether it's the news politicians or even like a uh airbrushed photo on instagram we're all uh guilty of doing that it's all bullshit so for me to be brutally honest with our audience which reveals plenty of ugliness right ugliness about um you know the stresses of running this business sometimes the shittiness of having to record stuff when it's just that should be fun all the time right um well it's not and uh and also the, the ugliness about our shortcomings as people and as artists i think a lot of people would just rather see the airbrushed version because that's what they're used to. That's what society gives us. Well, sorry, not sorry. That's not, that's not what I want to do here. You're going to hear things that maybe you wish you didn't know because I want you to see us at our best and our worst. And while I think there's a danger in that, obviously, I truly believe the long-term value outweighs the, the negatives that we get over time. Now, here's the thing. This is all complicated by the fact that I, as the face of the network, am a am a psychopath, uh, as you call <laughs> yeah. me. I mean, that is that is something that really should be kind of asterisked on these things. Is like you have real you have real challenges as a person <laughs> to you just call, exist in regular life, let alone public life. You call me a sociopath at least uh, <laughs> biweekly. 
uh, from some of the decisions I make. Just last week, I did something. You're like, what, what world do you live in that you, would, that you would cut the cord on that new mic stand I told you? Uh, <laughs> That's right. You... <laughs> But like he got a product. Let me just put it this way. Okay. <laughs> just so you know who you're talking about here. He got a product in the mail that was from Amazon that was for production for his home studio setup. <laughs> he got it. It was in awful shape from the way he discusses it. It was a piece of junk that was destroyed in transit. Apparently mm-hmm. instead of returning it, he just angrily destroyed it more. And basically put it in the trash. So, like, I was like, "Why didn't you just return it?" He said, "I don't, re- I don't return things that are under five thousand dollars. Something like real, like hyperbolic, like that." It's just like, what, you, what kind of person? What world do you live in? Anyway, like, I'm sorry. Continue. Yeah, I don't, I don't return things that are less than five thousand dollars. I destroy them. Uh, <laughs> it's such a weird thing to say. But I, all right. So I'm a psychopath. Um, and and that's compounded by the fact that like since the beginning I've created multiple different personas or personalities that are probably just exaggerations of the real me, but really they're just meant to get a laugh, you know. Whether it's you know the the GM, the asshole GM, or the narcissistic Vince McMahon CEO, you know whatever. But then there's the real me, right? There's like the 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 husband, the father of three, uh, the guy who worked his fucking ass off. To get here and, and, and you don't get to see that one as often. If you listen to old GCP intros, it's there. Uh, you, you know, if we get to talk at a VIP after party, you get to meet that guy kind or even watch these content videos that I'm doing. You see a little bit more of, of the actual me. That's the real guy. Now I'm always blurring the lines, I think, between the character or characters and the real person because that just interests me as, as an artist with a platform, but. Whatever, the fact remains, this psychopathy, without taking anything away from anybody else, this psychopathy uh, is what built the network. And I'm not interested in how they do it in business school or always trying to come off uh, super professionally and buttoned up. I want to go my own way. I've always wanted to do that and be larger than life, you know, multidimensional because – and this is this is the point I'm trying to make, even though I'm sure I'm going to uh, keep ranting, is that I think our success is built on the fact that our characters, who we are as people, me, you, Skid, Matthew, it, it, that's as, as important, if not more important than the characters we portray. People listen to us for for us way more than the stories we tell. And so anyways, I think this fire that comes out from time to time when I get all fired up and angry and sometimes very, very rude deserves some context. And this isn't to make excuses for coming off like an asshole. It's just really to explain why I am the way I am, whether you like me or not. And I know there are plenty of people that don't like me. That's fine. Before the GCN, I spent over 20 years clawing to survive. 95% of that time was spent Literally not knowing where my next meal was going to come through, let, let alone if I was going to even be able to eat that night. Do you have any time? And I've, I've mentioned this to Joe. I've mentioned to other people. I don't think I've ever mentioned it on the pod because it's, it's embarrassing. Uh, but also I think it's inspiring, but there were times, so many times, uh, that I would wander into, uh, random hotel lobbies in New York, uh, pretending like I was a guest there or whatever. And I would just sit on the, the lobby couch, digging in the couch for change just to see if I could fucking eat that night. I would steal food uh, from delis. And and that's not even to talk about uh, the number of times that I didn't even know where I was going to sleep that night. The point of this is, is like that, that desperation, it, it, it does things to a man, Joe. Uh, <laughs> and, and for me, it, it, it made me hungrier because I, I never stopped believing in, in myself or, or my dreams. I never stopped betting on myself and I lost plenty of bets along the way. Uh, but, but now that he, this is the thing is now that my, a detour in my path has brought success to me here, I'm like a rabid fucking dog when it comes to, to protecting and, and growing the one thing that worked, uh, after more than half my life spent, uh, hustling and suffering. So if you step in the way of my pursuits, I guess one of my many character flaws is that my gut reaction is just to seek and destroy. And I know I'm not supposed to do that. I just, I know no other way because my, I feel like my life 
in many ways depends on the success of this business, the life of my family uh, and the future of my family. And so many people's families at this point depends on the success of this business. And that's a lot of pressure. So whether it's spreading uninformed lies or or, or complete misinterpretations of, of, of what I'm saying on the Internet, which whatever, it's the Internet. You can't control what goes on the Internet. But like there's also people that like threaten my life and the life of my family. That's happened, by the way, over a fucking RPG podcast. And yes, sometimes it's it's just simply getting holier than thou against my GM rulings. I, I just have no tolerance for it because from where I sit, from where I sit, I, I see a picture that no one else can possibly see. And I wish it was a picture that I could better explain even to my colleagues, but I can't. Um, thankfully, thankfully, people, the, my friends the, the here and the network, my wife have trusted me thus far. And I feel like the majority of my decisions have helped us grow. Now, I'm also... I'm also the boss of this company, and that complicates matters too. I'd like to be a boss that everybody likes. I've I've never really had that boss, um, but like that's not my overriding goal. I would like to be liked by everyone, sure, by the fans, by by my coworkers and business partners, by my employees. <laughs> but I can't put the need to be liked above the the rigors and needs of my positions, my position, and 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 my goal as an artist. Um, and I'm fine with being sacrificed. I'm fine with sacrificing being liked in the pursuit of my goals. I don't think they need to be mutually exclusive, but uh, at least they have been thus far. And maybe it's just because I'm a lunatic and I'm a shark and I'm always too focused on on my career as opposed to building strong relationships uh, with the people around me. Uh, it's probably why I haven't retained uh, many friendships over the years as I've moved on to the next thing. Cause I'm always focused on the next step up the friends that I have. I'm, I'm close with, but I could always be closer. Um, just because, you know, I'm just, I'm so focused on trying to build something for myself. Anyways, I told you I was going to ramble and I'm rambling. <laughs> I'll wrap this up. If you take anything away from this, this rant, and I'm sure those people will just misinterpret it. Just know that I'm crazy because I have seen, I've seen the bottom. I've been through hell and I'm not going back. I don't think that that's like a literal, a literal threat. Like oh, the business is going to crumble and go back. But like that, that like hits your sympathetic nerve system, that like flight or fight or flight response where you're just like, I, I don't want to go back there. Um, I feel like I earned this. I fucking earned this. We earned this. And, 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 and I have things I got to work on. I'm not so myopic. Myopic? Is it myopic? Myopic. Or myopic? myopic. Kind of like my optical. You don't optical. say optical. I do. Optical okay. illusion. Uh, well, I'm not so focused on myself <laughs> that I can't see that I have things that I need to work on. But that's my business. Okay, I give you this. I give you, not you, Joe, but the listeners, this real look into me and into us as a gift. And here's the thing about gifts: all you can do as the gift giver is leave it out there. Here's the gift. It's it's a little raw. Maybe it should come with a warning label, right? That's, hey, this gift sometimes sucks, but you can't control how the receiver responds or receives the gift. So I'm not mad that people dislike me over the way I present things. I just want to make sure you have the, the whole story, the truth. But as I said earlier, like, I don't think people always want the truth. And I, I, I don't want to bitch and moan all the time. I don't want to talk about how stressful this job is. And uh, I really, I, I've tried to really cut back on just whining over that because it, it is a dream to get to do what we do. Um, but I also have no intention of giving you this uh, or not giving you an unadulterated look at, 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 at our journey, warts and all, because I think that's helpful to people and it separates us from everyone else. That's that's it. That's all I got, Joe. Are you through? I think I am. I'm very parched now, and I wish I had water. You didn't even take a sip. I've drank a gallon of water. Well, it's uh, just it's just coffee dregs at this point, and that was just going to make me more parched. Oh, that doesn't help. How do you resolve this complicated issue, which is, by and large, most people? You said last week that you, the audience, is the thing that you care about the most more than your players. You care about their enjoyment the most. 
and you care the most about this business being successful. You want to be successful. You need <laughs> that success. You're a shark for that success. And you are it sounds nothing. sounds bad when you say it. You are nothing. It sounds bad when you say it. <laughs> you are nothing it back, yeah. without that audience. Without that audience, you, you have nothing. They are everything. And so you want to make them uh, pleased. But most audiences prefer to escape the shitty parts of reality with our podcast. They don't want to know all the shit and dirt and everything. And when I say they, I just mean most, by yeah. far most, don't want to know what a shitty person you are. Uh, no, that, <laughs> that's the wrong way to put it. They I don't want to know. Uh, they don't. Maybe they don't want to see warts, right? Um, they just yeah. want the perfect image, and that's what they're buying. If somebody was telling you that in a in a marketing department or something like that. How do you resolve those two things when what you believe to be the right course of action, brutal honesty at all times, uh, crashes with what you want, which is a wild success at an audience that believes you to be living the dream uh, at all times? How do you balance those two things? It's tricky, right? Because we could go the other way. We could we could easily just polish polish that and not give you that look um, cue like the 1950s music like <laughs> right. you know like over a, a black and whites of us just like walking into the studio all smiling at each other yeah the uh if you ever watch that 70s show that he would always have daydreams and it would be like that you know yeah like sitcoms <laughs> well, yeah did you do marijuana <laughs> bum, bum, bum. <laughs> well you know i i love gaming I do. I, I sometimes it sounds like I do, I don't love it, but I do. However, I'm not I'm not passionate about gaming. I'm passionate about success, right? Obviously, I'm passionate about entrepreneurship, but most of all, I'm passionate about entertaining people. And I believe sometimes entertainment isn't just making someone laugh. It's making them uh feel and think and question and and I know how to do that. Um, I feel like I do a very good job of, of making people feel. Now, unfortunately, I think that I tend to, uh, I, I lash out in ways that just make people uh, uh, mad at me. And that, so I, I, I don't want to do that. Right. But man, I, I'll take that over not caring. I, I, I posted a quote from Oscar Wilde, uh, last week, which I loved. Uh, I saw it come up and I was like, Oh man, this is, this is perfect. It was like the only, the, I'm paraphrasing, but like the, the only thing that's worse, um, than being talked about is not being talked about. <laughs> and that's the damn truth because, and th that's why I, I start all this by saying, I think the overwhelming majority of people understand this and understand me and us. And if there's anybody they don't like on the show, um, they still understand that there's a real person there and, and, and whatnot. And when you come to our VIP after parties and you get to talk to people and you see how much, what effect we've had on people, like it, it really hits at home. It hits at home way more than a couple people that just like the same fucking people that write monologues on, uh, the internet, um, that just have an ax to grind. That's fine. Um, but I'd, I'd like everyone to just kind of, kind of understand where it where it comes from i don't want anyone disliking anyone on our shows i'm i'm very protective of of everyone when i see them say something negative about anyone i uh i get angry but uh yeah i don't know we, we could very easily give that polished version i don't think that our success is being hampered by not um lying more because that's what it is joe it's it would be lying do you know people lying. are inspired by us and hearing this story? Dude, you know what it is. We came from like blue collar backgrounds, dude. This is, we don't, we are, we're, we're not the people that are supposed to be successful. You know, it's the people who had like a, a mom and dad that was a casting director, you know? I know. But I also feel like my opinion is the simplest that I can put it on all this is that not only have we not arrived, but like we haven't even close to arrived and so uh, I don't think anyone is interested in hearing me extolling how to be successful. Like, because in my mind, I'm not successful yet. Yeah. I just, I have a job and I'm, I'm very lucky to have a job. But to me, success is just <laughs> like hanging out on a boat 
in the, you know, <laughs> like my own yacht and not having to work ever again. That is yeah, success. For sure. And, you know, and so like to me, we're still grinding. We're still grinding. And like I don't I'm not interested in being like, uh, you know, talking about like how you get to do what I do. It's It's not really – um, it, it's not a joy. It, 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 I don't know how else to explain it. Like when you're talking about the operations of the company, uh, getting to play games is great. But when you talk about the operations of the company, it's like any other job, you know? Yeah. So I, I never feel like, uh, I have to put on, you know, airs or anything like that, but I just feel like people aren't interested. I just don't think people are interested in the truth. I don't think that they want lies. I just don't think that the truth is entertaining. Yes. Uh, and I think you're right. And maybe I'm conflating interesting with entertaining in a way. Right. But like, I agree with you that yes, success is just chilling on a boat. You know what I mean? One of your four boats. However, <laughs> this is what I'm saying. Boat it's three. like boat three, <clears throat> this, you know, let's, honey, month. let's take out boat three today <laughs> on this Tuesday afternoon while the plebes work. Also, why is it always boats? I don't like, know. Why, there's something about a why boat. Are boats such a sign of success to I like, buy a real shitty boat right men. now. I don't, I, I just don't get it. I there, for beer there are a lot of work. I know, right? We got mooring fees. Yeah. No one ever you, talks about the mooring fees. You get sick. You throw up over the side of the boat. But Here's why. So, all right, maybe it's more interesting than entertaining. But like, this is what I'm saying is like, when I was looking at people like, all right, th- here's a guy. I can't, I can't think of a good example of like someone who was like, they had a show on HBO that they wrote was the showrunner, directed a couple episodes, and they're the lead actor. Like, that's all I wanted, right? And I couldn't see, I could look on their IMDb, and I'm like, oh, they were on Law and & Order, and then they did this, did th-. now they're fucking, they have their own show. Like, I just couldn't see that process. So, in three years from now, five years from now, ten years from now, when we're on uh, Cannon Fodder live from the boat every week... <laughs> And, and we're, and we, we're reaching what we, what we can call, what we can label as like true success. How cool will it be to hear this part of, of the journey? Because now we're exposing that whole journey to success. And they're still only getting about fucking 25% of the truth. If they knew some of the whole truth, they'd be like, Oh God, turn it off now. Um, <laughs> I, I, but maybe that isn't it's entertaining. It's like a great old one. You're just the knowledge itself could destroy you. But like, that's the, I remember sophomore year college, like day one, professor stood back and it's like, what is theater? And we all sat and like, hmm. And it was, uh, the, the definition that was acceptable was it was uh, something that both uh, teaches and pleases. And I believe I've said that on the show before. And then Matthew, in a very Matthew voice says, ah, you mean didactic. <laughs> <laughs> and then slowly leans back away from his microphone. And, uh, you know, one could say the greatest <clears throat> the greatest uh, art forms that are out there, whether it's painting, sculpting, film, TV, it does both. I think it does both. It teaches and it pleases. Now, we're, we might be really shitty teachers, but I think there's something to learn from from the journey. And that's why... Uh, that's why I expose it. Um, I have to do better. I have to, I, I, I could, I can be more compassionate, right? I can, I can act with more temperance. Sometimes I'm, I'm very tired. Well, you know, the other thing <laughs> to, to just attack you here in a way is that like, please, I don't take believe, a number. Let me join the masses. Give me that torch. Ah, uh, I, be- I believe that you, uh, if you're listening from my perspective, hearing what you're saying, that's like that, that gap, right? How do I get from being a guest actor on Law & Order to ru- being a showrunner on this big thing on HBO? It's like, if it's like the process you describe, all you basically say is how miserable you are all the time. You know what I mean? Like, maybe they're also miserable all the time because of how much work this is and how much stress it is to have your name on that show or whatever. And then they do their show and it's very successful. And then you know what happens? It's over. And they're not gajillionaires unless it's like, you know, Seinfeld or something like that. Like you, you go back to square one and you have to go try the next thing. And it's like, you know, as we said last week, like you're starting from zero, you know, every time it's. It's a struggle. And I want to clarify something that I said a second ago, which is, uh, that, <laughs> that, you know, success to me is on a, uh, on a boat with, with no, uh, work to do. That implies something that is just not true. I think that I'm, I'm sort of saying that like money 
uh, a whole lot of money, so much money I don't have to work is how I define success. And it's just not, uh, you know, that would be nice. Of course it would be nice, but it's also, uh, I believe strongly in the philosophy of, um, uh, that I read this in a book once uh, about business uh, that the uh, that the goal that the defining success by material wealth by achieving money uh, is a terrible way to define your success of course because you will never reach it like there yeah. is never by philosophical definition enough money like you will always be unhappy if what you're looking for is monetary success and so i i don't mean to imply that i mean to imply that feeling that you would get in that moment that i described of uh of not feeling stress and anxiety right like stress and anxiety rule my life right now at all times and a large part is because of this business a smaller part is because of my house and my family and little kids like they all add together to create a lot of stress and anxiety success to me is getting to a place where i can dilute that stress and anxiety down to just being content and that does not money is i'd be a, a fool to say that money is not part of that but to say that money is all of that is also equally foolish there there has to be another way to get this, you know, success that I desire into a place where uh, I'm just not always worried about deadlines and not always worried about money and not always worried about, you know, how my kids are going to go to college and all this kind of stuff like yeah. that. It's it's just a weight that everybody, everybody bears. Uh, but the people that kind of like uh, can find a way to be at peace with it, like that, that's my goal. So a lot of it, like you said, it's more internal work than external work. A lot of it's more, oh. you know, working on yourself and finding your own contentment in the, in the things that you have. Whatever you're trying to better in your life, if you start like reading about like, oh, how I want to, I want to lose weight. I want to um, get a better job. I want to do this. Like they're all going to focus on mindfulness, you know, practicing mindfulness. And it's really, really easy to read and be like, yeah, I really need to do that. Like you have to, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I should do, I should be more mindful. If you could find a way to master mindfulness, everything in life becomes easier. And it's really, really fucking hard. Like I have to, when, one of my 19 children does something like that just drives me crazy. Be like, I am not going to yell right now. <laughs> I, I have <laughs> a cold brew running through my veins. I said to, to Sam, I'm like, because if they'll three throw and shit in the living room, I'm like guys, can you throw that anywhere else that isn't near the TV? I just bought. And I'm like, if they ever throw something and hits that TV, I just want you to know. The best thing for me to do is get into a car and go check into a hotel room. <laughs> and she's like, I understand. <laughs> Daddy will be back tomorrow. You know, there's a great blog. My wife turned me on to this and she's going to, if she would never listen to this because she's been telling me about it for years and I finally followed it. It's not a, I mean, I guess it's a blog, but it's an Instagram account called big little feelings. Now we're, uh, segueing into like parenting, which I think, uh, it's fucking brilliant. You should check it out. Big little feelings because, they have such huge feelings, but they're just little. They have no fucking idea what's going on. And like, you can't respond to them in a way that you respond to a rational human being. Yeah. And I yell so, at my daughter sometimes. And I just say like, that doesn't make any sense. Why would you do that? And then I have to be like, why did I think that her brain works rationally? Yeah. It doesn't work that way yet. Yeah. Mindfulness and like perspective is so so important money hey listen money let's not pretend money a lot of money isn't great but that should never be the goal uh and and it isn't that's not how i picture success i think the trappings of success are obvious um but you could be successful uh without any money if you're content and you're happy with where you are uh and you could be that today if you just found peace and one of the ways i'm going to find that is uh having someone else read the boards <laughs> yeah yeah i think that that would be that would be a good start uh well hey man this is a nice sharing fod yeah uh, a nice nice sharing fod every once in a while we got to do a little sharing and uh and get get healthy mindfulness mindfulness is so important um and i just want to say for the record that i am passionate about gaming and i think that deep down you are too because there is definitely there was a time uh before the grind kind of uh might have gotten to you that you could not have been more addicted or intense about 
this hobby. Uh, so yeah, I just want people to know, like, you're not a poser who came in and tried to like turn your right. acting into gaming because you saw an opportunity there. Like, you uh, were a freak about gaming the way you're a freak about everything else. Like, once you zero in on it, just like you kind of drill down on it. Uh, but now, you know, you think of it more as entertainment, and uh, certainly I understand that, and that's that's the business that we're in. We're not so much in the business of playing games as we are the business of entertainment and, and entertaining. Uh, but to me. I find that I do my best work, my best entertainment when I'm passionate about the game. You know, so Absolutely. as long as I can keep focusing on that, I'll I'll continue having fun and uh, making good shit. And dude, you uh, you you can attest that like I'm always trying to uphold the integrity of the game. There's plenty of shows that we go to, and you guys be like, "Can you just tell us which room to go into?" And I won't do it. I want you to play the actual game. So while yeah. I may uh, say I'm not passionate about it, I I, I, I certainly Ooh. am. Uh, that's a and that's a good segue to uh, we need to talk about Roger Cumston because uh, there's only so much I could tell you. I know. You got to be ready. Uh, all right, guys, that's going to wrap it up for FOD this week. Thank Good you so time. much for hanging with us, as always. Like we said, tons, tons going on this week. You got Degenerate Dungeon Live tonight. You got Strange Aeons uh, on twitch.tv slash theglasscannon tomorrow night. Uh, yeah, more more to come in, in a few weeks. We'll be out there in St. Paul. So uh, until then, have a great time, everybody. A great week, and uh, we'll see you in a week. Later! Thanks for listening to the Glass Cannon Network. For more podcasts and live streams, visit glasscannonnetwork.com. And for exclusive shows and content you can't find anywhere else, subscribe today at patreon.com slash glasscannon. On a summer night, Douglas Wagg Jr. lay motionless across a strip of railroad tracks before being struck by an oncoming train. I'm investigative journalist Delia D'Ambra, and my investigation into exactly how Doug died took me into the depths of a bizarre mystery. It was really hard to understand what was fact and what wasn't. A mystery that has led me from one suspicious death to another. Listen to CounterClock now, wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to a journey into the heart of the Texas Renaissance Festival, the nation's largest and rowdiest celebration of medieval fantasy. But what lurks beneath the facade of tights and turkey legs? Well, we dove deep into the empire to uncover a history marred by mystery and misconduct, murders, assaults, and other crimes that tarnish its legacy. This isn't just a fairy tale. It's a cautionary tale of power, fantasy, and the consequences that follow when they all collide. Search for Crime Waves Renaissance Texas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now.